I've caught myself on certain days walking home from the train station back to my apartment, really, you know, really pumped and super excited about, oh, these were the successes and this person did this and so on. And, you know, great, great. And you come home and you want to tell, okay, my case, girlfriend, but your wife or, or whoever, your parents, whoever you're living with you or your friends, you want to tell them about it and it's good. Um, and you can basically then wind down from there and, you know, be present with your friends or with your your uh, partner, uh, wife, husband, or kids, um, and be present with them, and wind down, and basically then eventually go go to sleep without having any issues. Um, that's sort of for me, you know, that's um, going home happy. All right, welcome to the High Performance Happiness Podcast. I'm your host Brian Sharp. Welcome to you or welcome back. We're excited to have you here. I'm always grateful for those that are checking us out for the first time and you're in for a treat today. Uh, a little about the podcast if you're new to it. So this is a show that's dedicated to helping executives, entrepreneurs, and other high performers achieve better results, but also live better lives. Yeah, you can do both and we're going to talk about that today. So we get into the good stuff. We talk about the hard stuff, right? Everything from beating burnout to managing stress, scaling companies and teams to better self-care. We try to share relevant, realistic things, tactical things you can actually take away and implement in your journey. And these are coming from people who are on their own journey and doing the work just like you. So I'm a big believer there is a path to balancing high performance and happiness and you don't have to compromise and that's what we're here to talk about and explore and learn together. So wherever you're at on that journey, I welcome you uh, on that journey with me as we figure it out. And I get a chance to bring in people that I'm learning from. And that's exactly who I have here today uh, is Sean Smith. So first, Sean, I'm just going to say hello and welcome. Welcome from Singapore, right? Yeah. Hi, Ryan. Good afternoon. Um, in Singapore, it's it's good morning. It's early morning. It is good. I know. Got to get that right. Yeah. Good morning. <laughs> well, let me give a little background on you because uh, I think this you've got a great uh, a great story to share, and uh, so I want people to know a little bit about you. So you're the new installations director for Schindler Lifts out of Singapore. Been doing that for the last couple of years. Uh, previously, you spent five years working for I think a division of the company Jardine Schindler Group in Jakarta. So you've been all over the world. You had various roles. You were a project engineer, worked your way up to actually leading the whole business unit and business division there. Uh, interesting background though, right? So you're half Swiss, half British, which we can pick up from the accent. Um, and you spent time in the Swiss Armed Forces where you served as a lieutenant. But outside of work, this is where we want to dig in today. This is how I found you, right? So uh, really interesting. You, you're a passionate triathlete. You've competed in, in the Ironman. Is it 70.3? Is that what you call this? Yeah, 70.3, 70. 70. okay. exactly. Yeah. That's a half marathon? Is that is that? Uh, half marathon, the 90K on the bike, and 1.8K oh on my the gosh. Okay. So basically the half, half of the um, actual Ironman. Yeah. So you've been doing those, and not only that, but you've qualified for the World Championships next year. That is amazing. Uh, you're also passionate about helping the next generation of leaders succeed in the corporate world by putting what you call people first, right? Uh, allowing people to feel motivated and do their best work. My favorite part is to go home happy at the end of the day. So what I, you know, if you've ever met somebody, and especially in the world of social media, you know, there's influencers and then there's people you really connect with. 
we got on a phone call. I'd been following this guy and I was like, dude, I love your stuff. I'm learning from you. I want to, I want to talk to you. And we had a call and it was like one of those like, oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that. And I was like, we got to do this on a podcast. So I'm excited. First of all, great job. I, I'm a fan of your content. I love your approach. You're authentic. You've got great, like tangible stuff you can learn from, which is not always common these days. Um, so congratulations on getting all of that moving and started and on all your success already. And uh, glad to have you on. Thank you so much for the the fantastic introduction. Um, yeah, I've, I've just, you know, I just started out of a passion, really. Um, I just saw so many uh, young leaders come into the corporate world. Mm. And, and we, unfortunately, in the corporate world, we just have a lot of bad examples of what good leaders are. Um, and they and they just and they they fuel the continuous sort of uh, circle of developing yeah. bad let's say bad leaders because as a young leader you come into the workspace you see your boss and you want to progress your career and you see them for example managing uh, the numbers or you know just pushing and not not really taking care of their people so you na- 80 90 percent of the young leaders then naturally think okay well that's the way to progress my career that's mm-hmm. the way to be successful. And it really came out of that sort of a bit of frustration, but passion to say, okay, these young leaders, they, we can show them that it can be done in a different way. We can show them they can still be successful and even more successful if they put their people first and if they really take care of their team, and then the results will come. They might take slightly longer or right. it might be a bit more challenging at times, but the results will come and they'll be even better or, or more satisfying. So I was just I just started you know all the content on LinkedIn the videos mm-hmm. um, to really see if we can help some of those young leaders that are coming into the workforce see that it can be done differently and like you say with the end objective that people you know people can go home happy go home happy man I told you exactly. this would be the name of your book but I I think so I do, I want to just already jump in here really quick because if you're not picking up on this you're just doing this because you, you love it. I mean, this is just something you're passionate about. You're studying, you get better and you share. Mm. And uh, so for a lot of people who, who have a gift or a talent or something you're passionate about, like you don't have to have it all figured out. Like yeah. I kept that. I was like, Oh, do you have a book or do you? And you're like, no, I just like talking about this stuff. The other thing I want to point out is your passion is helping young leaders, which I love. And I think that's an important niche and a smart one, but what you talk about is for all leaders, right? I mean, oh, all, absolutely. it, it applies yeah. to all of us for sure. And we chatted a, a lot about that. So uh, so I want to get into the kind of, you, you've had a few different types of leadership roles, right? And which I find really, you, you're a leader at work and, and early in your career kind of emerged as a leader, which is trait of a high performer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're a leader in, in the armed forces. And, and so that's, I mean, a whole nother level for sure that, that I certainly can't appreciate. I do appreciate what you do, but I, I've not been in that role. And then a leader in athletics, like I didn't even know the whole triathlete part. So did, which came first? Did it, did leadership for you kind of spawn out of sport or, work or the or or the military or or did you kind of learn leadership from doing those things you were always an athlete and then you kind of those were instilled which came first for you do you think 
So, I mean, I would say the sports really always from a young age, I was highly competitive. So the performance ah. aspect of, um, you know, being competitive, doing well, succeeding definitely came from the sports yeah. early on, just as a kid, always did a lot of sports and was just like brutally competitive <laughs> and the leadership. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, I've gotten better to, at it and not letting it, you know, destroy me or friendships <laughs> um, so so much over the later years. But as a, as a kid, I, you know, very competitive. But the leadership aspect really came before even the military or my career. It was really from my dad's uh, side. And my dad was already a, a leader in the corporate world. And he always shared all his stories um, with us when we were kids. Okay. Probably when we started becoming teenagers. I remember we were on road trips or on holidays and he would or on the weekend, and he would he would talk about his experiences, his challenges, his mistakes, his, his successes mm. as a leader, um, in his roles. And for for whatever reason, I just loved listening to those stories. He would also try and you know help me with with uh, math or, or with homework, but I I much preferred to listen and talk to him about those <laughs> leadership um, uh, stories as a teenager. And I think that's really what started. Um, the whole leadership journey and then it was really the the swiss uh national forces so after i finished school i i took a year before university and i went um and did uh, my military service in switzerland and there i was really i was really quite young um i was i think i was 19 or 20 and then you end up at a time i was already leading around 120 people wow. and especially there at that young age you're leading 120 people um, and there's, you know, it's not like in the corporate world where you can increase their salary and just give them a promotion and, and give them whatever free coffee and this and that, take them out to dinner. <laughs> you're really, you're really um, working with a lot of people that don't actually want to be there because it's mandatory and they don't actually want to do this. Wow. Um, and you really need to understand what motivates them at the core and not all, all the extra benefits that you might have um, in a corporate world. So that really kicked it off. And then, yeah, then um, from there, it was just always a huge passion of mine. That's interesting. I, you get a couple of good good nuggets in there, but let's go back to your dad really quick. So I have two questions. So one, is there a, is there a lesson that stood out? Is there a, was there a story that he told over and over again or one that you're like, oh, that was one. Do you remember any of them? Do any of them come to mind for you? I mean, there's there's... I don't know if it's necessarily the biggest one, but it's definitely the one that always stuck um, stuck with me. And this was on poor performers. So um, one was basically it was an, it was about a story about somebody he had hired and then didn't uh, perform as well as as ex, as expected. But it was really about one poor perform one poor performer that's just not aligned, that's you know doesn't fit in, right. and, and is really not doing a, a good job can really drag down the entire team. Just one um, can really drag down the entire team. And you can't underestimate the impact of just one poor performer on the entire team. And the big sort of nugget out of that was always that as leaders or as human beings, we have a tendency to want to wait and help for too long. And it's, mm -hmm. we're continuously doing damage. 
Um, and and we have and I, I made that mistake, even though knowing that from my dad. But we tend to think, okay, we can help this person, and this person is maybe slightly improving. Yeah. And when we look back after we, for example, parted ways um, a year down the line, we we say, oh, had I only done it six months earlier or nine months earlier, I knew it, but I didn't want to accept the facts, or I just always had this positive hope that I was going to be able to to help that person. Um, but it, a lot of the time we know, look, this, is, this person is just not a fit or the attitude's not right or just we've, put, we've promoted them in a role that just doesn't work. It's too much for them. And we should actually you know, find a way either first try and coach them. But if, it, if the performance is not improving quickly, yeah. then see if we can move them in a role that's more suitable. And unless they're really just culturally a terrible uh, fit, yeah, then better better to part ways, um, and it's probably better for them, better for better for us. But we tend to drag that process out for far too long because, <laughs> as human beings, we, right. we just you know just want to help, especially when we hire them ourselves or we promote them oh, ourselves. Um, so that fix. was that was the one big story somehow that really really stuck. That's that a I always, uh, listen. Remember. If you just grabbed one, that's a that's a good one because I think we can all appreciate. We can all right now think of that person. By the way, that we've yeah. We, yeah I was just absolutely. having this conversation yeah. with my wife over the way. I we I was telling a story. Why you remember that guy? I was trying to do this and couldn't get there and 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 been there for sure. And you're right. At the end you look back and the other thing I, I always often or I try and, and when I'm coaching a, a leader will say is as hard as this is, as much as this sucks right now to make this decision and have to let them go, it's what's best for them too, because they're going to find a better fit. They're going to find the right yeah. fit leader. They're going to find, and they're going to be happier and I, almost, and it's some weird way. They always come back and let you know that in, a, in some way or another, either by succeeding or even by coming back and letting you know, like, Hey, that was a, that was a rough go, but I'm really glad we got through that. And I appreciate that you, you stepped up to, to make that hard call. Um, getting back to your dad. So as a dad, uh, and I tell stories that I think are super interesting. <laughs> I don't know that my kids are latching onto them like you do. What's, what, in what way did he engage with you that made it interesting? Was, did, he, did he have like a certain time or did he always look for opportunities to kind of drop a little nugget in there or... How, how did he, um, he, he, I mean, he, because he, he was, and this is maybe something we can then explore later in the podcast, yeah. but because he was always very, he was very busy with work. Um, so most of the time it was, um, you know, it was on holidays. I, I particularly, you know, remember sitting on a plane next to him and mm -hmm. we've got a, whatever, five, six hour plane uh, flight somewhere. So and using that time, especially in cars, we would do a lot of, even we would fly somewhere, then we'd rent a car, drive around. So we spent a lot, a lot of time on the road um, on holidays. So use that time. And then otherwise, yeah, at, at dinner or um, on the weekends. Um, but most of all these stories I always remember from holidays, mm -hmm. us driving somewhere, us um, you know, on the plane, basically him probably making the most out of the, the time, you know, Otherwise, you sit on the plane, you watch a movie, or you you yeah. sit in the car and sort of look out the window. Right. Um, so always make use of that time. That's good. That would be good to revisit because I think we can. Uh, a lot of us appreciate that we're trying to get better at that and be intentional. And that's why I'm asking, right? Yeah. I want to impart those stories and those lessons, um, but want to do it in a more intentional way. You know, 
Um, so it, it's, I was, that's cool that you, you really latched onto it. You give me hope, right? That actually my kids might listen to a good story. You just, you just need to find something you can, I mean, I for me, really, in the I was car. Just passionate, yeah, passionate about it. And then, but he would also take that time, for example, to teach us, you know, math or mm. physics or some, some theory because we're all, I mean, he's an engineer, I'm an engineer. So okay. my, so is my brother now. So we're all, all more in the math and sort of science. Okay. Um, area and he would also take some of those uh car rides or plane rides to teach us that i'm telling you once it was over we were super super happy it was over <laughs> but on the leadership stories yeah. you could just you know sit there yeah. and listen and i think it's also a bit how you story tell um if yeah. you can tell a story in a very sort of um interesting way it just just uh, yeah. comes across a lot better. You've pulled that from him. You're a good storyteller. You have very short snippets, <laughs> which is, I tell my kids, it's harder to come up with like a short one minute than it, you know, 10 minutes. So I think you've, you dad's passed that down to you. You got a good storytelling cadence to you. So going, going back to high performance and, and leadership, you know, so again, at work and in your athletics and in the military, is there a commonality amongst all those that you still pull from today? I mean, obviously you're still an athlete and you're still obviously working, but is there, is a high performer, you just kind of always a high performer in everything you do, or did you have to kind of adapt in each of those areas to kind of grow and get better and become a a high performer? Would you say? Uh, I mean, definitely everything you need to, um, you need to start. Um, And you're at least for myself, I never went in, just naturally straight away uh, a high performer um and and i think this is the story i'll tell is is the risk of then also the happiness or the um you know self-care part mm-hmm. of it that yeah. you can really miss out for me one another thing that uh, i also remember my dad uh, told me probably on one of the car rides but he always <laughs> re- uh, referred to one of the golf players um he was called gary player and he said something mm-hmm. along the lines of you know, he hit a hole in one and the reporter asked him, you know, oh, you're lucky that you hit a hole in one. Um, and he said, you know, what's interesting, the more I practice, the more I, um, you know, train, the luckier I get. Right. And a bit with that sort of a theory, you know, whether it's leadership, whether it was the triathlon, um, whether it's in my career, I was, I was sort of came with the approach there's no thing as as luck you're not you don't just come into the sports of triathlon you just don't come into leadership and don't come into the cor- corporate world and try and have a career and just everything lands on your plate and it's just lucky you were you were lucky for sure you have you know maybe athletically you know i'm tall so maybe i had an advantage and maybe in the corporate world i have an advantage because of my background i'm, I'm fortunate for sure but then it's really building, you know, consistently working at it. If you put in an intentional effort at whatever it is, training on triathlon, you know, spending the hours to train, train smart in the corporate world, for example, you know, being willing to make mistakes, learn, ask for people's advice, Mm -hmm. you will, if you consistently do it day in, day out, you will naturally seem lucky Mm -hmm. and, and be a high, be a high performer. And that combined with my sort of, just competitive nature, the way I'm wired, I want to win um, from a child. Yeah, th- that, that then really helps um, to become a high performer wh- wherever you are. And mm-hmm. basically, whatever I start, I want to win. And then I'm willing to put in the work and find a way to consistently uh, you know, work at it. 
that you then um, do it. And so, you know, same with LinkedIn, for example, and all the content. I have no experience. I have no experience in writing blogs or posts. I have no experience in um, doing videos for like social media. And um, yeah, I just started, and then I wanted to, you know, get better at it and mm -hmm. and succeed. And then it's okay to find what what success is. But you want to succeed and you want to get better at it. So you start asking people, seeing what people are doing consistently, trying new things in different ways. But at the end, I said, look, I'll just post every day because then that's my that's the fastest way to getting better. And I'm accountable. It's simple. It's just every day. It's not okay. I'll post twice. Have I posted twice this this week? <laughs> just every day without every day. fail, um, and 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 do it. And some posts are better. Some posts are not so not so good. But you learn as you go. I love it. So how do you? Uh, so much good stuff in there, man. This is good. I love it. So, and your and by the way, your content is amazing. Is somebody who's a bit of a you know marketing and video nerd and all that. You 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 clearly crack the code and you're in that top 1% of, of influencers on there, which is not easy to do, but let's go back when you figure out something as a high performer and you say, okay, I want to figure out how to make videos on LinkedIn, or I want to become a triathlete or whatever these things are. Mm. How do you figure out the work plan? How do you, how do you engineer when you say, okay, now I want to go get, be great. I want to win. What's your process to figuring out the the game plan for for doing that? Well, this is this is a good question because now I need I, I've never actually put it down on paper, so okay. I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn as we as we yeah. As we or talk. talk me through like what you did for LinkedIn yeah. or whatever. Do you study others? Do you do you are you about education first? Are you a doer and just figure it out as you go? Like or? for sure, do do first. But I would say the first first thing for me and definitely you know. This has, in my opinion, nearly has, everybody has to do this if you really want to be um, a, a high performer is you need to be very, very clear on what you want to achieve first. What's your goal? What's success going to be like? And maybe that changes as you go. But if you look at, for example, triathlon, I said, I when I really started getting into it, I said, it was actually supposed to be this year. Now it's been deferred to next year because of, of COVID. But I knew the world championship was in New Zealand on my birthday this year. And I was I want to go to that race. Um, it's in New Zealand, also, you know, awesome place to race. It's on my sure. birthday. There's one one off chance. I, I want to be in that race. So I had a very, very clear goal uh, for triathlon. Yeah. Same for um, uh, my sort of corporate career. I always had a very clear goal that I wanted to and be one of the youngest um, MDs in, in our region of one of the companies. So that was always in my head, okay, this is what I'm working working towards. Okay. And on LinkedIn, I, I had this goal of I want to be in a position to be able to influence, to share, have an impact with my content. And that meant you know, growing my following, growing my presence, otherwise people can't, uh, can't see it. And the end goal was really to, you know, to have people reach out to me young leaders or, or any leaders, but mm -hmm. ideally young leaders reach out to me and ask for help and I would be able to to help them. But that required me to grow a, a presence on LinkedIn. So you need that clear goal and that might change with time, but you need that clear goal. Um, and then from there, for me, it's really just get into doing it straight away. So if you look at my first video, um, I, yeah, yeah, I, I looked a bit scruffy, the lighting wasn't good, the audio wasn't good, 
um, but I did the first video and then I got people to give me feedback. People um, either gave me feedback because they were close to me and they knew they could or I asked uh, for feedback. And I think as well, my family, again, my father, my, uh, my, my parents, they really, they really helped me in that. They, they mm. encourage it and they really also give me the feedback. So my dad's been a big person that's always been giving me feedback on every single video that I that I do. <laughs> He's your um, biggest fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's often like that, but it's 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 yeah. good. It really it really helps. But I also had other people that you know I'd only met via LinkedIn and yourself. You know, give give that feedback, give that either encouragement. You're on the right path, so then you know, okay, keep on keep on yeah. going. Um, but also you have other people that say, look, a, a, a friend of mine that I met through LinkedIn said, you, you know, your audio to bring it to the next level, you need to bring your audio up. So I got a better mic mm-hmm. um, and you should wear, a, you should wear a, a shirt because the first ones I did in a t-shirt. So I did, I did that and all that adds up. Um, so it's getting that feedback. And then I would say the last thing for me, I see a trend in everything is never sort of getting comfortable. It, it might sound a bit strange, but never getting comfortable in the sense that always looking for ways you can improve, whether it's whether it's as a leader, whether it's as a triathlete, whether it's um, doing my videos on LinkedIn, always trying to find a way. Okay, if I tweak this, could it be better? Yeah. If I tweak this, could it be better? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you tw- because you get to that maybe, let's say, 90% or 80%, and you tweak it and it actually gets worse. Okay. But then you know that, okay, this one doesn't, you know, this one doesn't, uh, doesn't work. Can I try, can I try this? And if you're always looking for that little small gain, once you've reached sort of that, um, a certain level, it, it just makes sure you're always staying ahead of the sort of ahead of the curve and you're getting better and better. I like it. Well, good news. I took notes. So I'm going to read repeat, repeat them back to you. Now you can document your process. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> the next videos. I want credit. So, yeah. so if I heard you right, first is be really clear on the goal, right? Really yeah. clear on the outcome. Yeah. And you gave some great examples of that. And then your second step I like is just do it, get in and, yeah. and do. Uh, I have a friend who was on the podcast earlier is one of my just great thinkers that I love following CJ Alvarado and this great quote he shared one time was doing is the best kind of thinking, right? Yeah. So you're, you're all about action. So yeah. you're clearing the goal and then just start wherever you're at. And I can appreciate that. This whole pot, I don't know what, I, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing with our podcast, right? As some of the listeners have figured out. All right. Third one, feedback, feedback loop, yeah. which I, I want to ask you a, a follow-up on that, but feedback was the third one. And the fourth was really growth, continued growth or improvement, right? So yeah. Clear goal, do or take action, feedback, and growth, improvement. That's a yeah, good list. Sounds about right, yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, what happens for a lot of high performers, and usually when I'm giving these examples, I'm talking about me, you're perfectionist, right? And so the do gets, the action part gets kind of like moved back every couple steps, yeah. right? Because you yeah. want to polish it and get it perfect before you put it out to the world. And so, um, so I, I can appreciate that as getting this thing going, just figuring out as I go and getting better mics and all of that. So I like that list. And on, on, on that, yeah. on that perfectionist part, you know, it really that you can't see it as a bad thing or that's the way I see it. You can't yeah. see it as a bad thing. You just need to be aware that it doesn't stop you from completely yeah, taking yeah, action. Yeah. 
But that perfectionist part naturally makes you the high performer because you'll you'll feel that frustration and want to improve it, improve it, right. make it better, and make it better. Right. But you just need to get you just need to make sure that doesn't stop you from, yeah. from just starting. Right. Let me let me so I want to dig into two of these and I, I and I want to shift to kind of how we work through that frustration a little bit, right? I want to kind of turn that corner, but I have two questions here because I love your approach. One is you talked about being clear on the goal. Now, the reality is sometimes we're not, right? Sometimes we are not sure where we're at in our career or really where we're trying to get to or we're, or, or we're not clear on what, what it is we're trying to achieve. We just know we want to get better, right? Yeah. So what, what advice or what feedback would you have for somebody who's I don't want to say they're wandering, but they just there just isn't that ultra clarity yet, uh, or at this stage in their in their life or career or, or this thing they're working on. Right? Hell, I want to get healthier, but like, you know, I, I'm not sure I want to run a triathlon. But do I need a thing? So, do you have any? Do you ever get people coming in and say, oh, man, "I don't know what it is. I just know there's something I want to do." How do you how do you handle that situation? I haven't. I mean, yeah, you at work you do have. Uh, I've come across people uh, like that. Um, but otherwise, let's say in the sort of personal life, triathlon and, and stuff, yeah. not 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 so much um, for me. But for me, I guess the question is really, you know, so, OK, they might know what they're passionate about or w- what's fun, what comes easy mm-hmm. um, what comes easy is something I've sort of been exploring a bit more. Right. If mm-hmm. something comes easy, it's something that obviously you're probably passionate about, you, you enjoy you find it a bit easier. So it's always good to start, you know, in terms of high performance, start with something yeah. like that. So what comes easy? Um, but then, yeah, then it's really about sitting down and, and finding something, uh, finding a goal or talking through a goal, or uh, it could be uh, in, in sports, it could be a race or um, it could be a milestone in your career. Or for example, if you're talking about content on LinkedIn, okay, so you say you want to get better. But okay, why don't you just set yourself a goal to write uh, 100 posts this year? Okay. And then you, okay, w- that will naturally get you better, mm. but at least you've got something where you can say, look, I'm making progress, I'm making progress. If I do 100 posts, I'll naturally get better. Um, then, you know, then I've been successful. Um, but I feel like people that are, yeah, they will need to talk to somebody if they figuring it out themselves, if, if they're okay, sort of stuck good. in that place. Um, they need to talk to somebody who probes them, asks questions. Yeah. Otherwise, I think it's very difficult to come up with those things um, yourself if, you, if you're stuck. So really just talking to people and people that you can trust that mm. really will just be open about it and tell you, well, that doesn't really make yes. sense or what about this, what about that? Ab- absolutely. I love that. And so, yeah, the feedback there is is talk to people, get that honest feedback, people who will challenge you. Um, I've written a little bit about this in the past where I have, I have a personal board. They don't know it that they're on it, but I have a handful of people that when I need to make a big decision, I'm stuck, I'm frustrated, I'm pissed off, whatever. They're the ones I call because I know they won't give me always the answers I want, but they'll ask, they'll usually ask me more questions than give me answers, Mm. which also pisses me off more, but it forces me through the process. So yeah. I think that's what I'm hearing from you because it is that's a real thing where people are like, oh, I'm doing pretty good, but I'm not clear I want to take over the world or mm. I don't know if I want to go to the next step in my career, but I also don't want to cruise, right? So kind of finding guideposts there, it sounds like progress yeah. is, is good. 
but you tied perfectly to the second piece I want to ask you about, which was feedback. Something I struggle with, right? Especially as perfectionist, high performer, yep. but it's also what makes people better. How, how do you take feedback and do you, do you have some input or feedback or advice on seeking the right kind of people to get feedback? Um, so I still, I still fundamentally, let's say, emotionally don't like feedback. Okay. <laughs> and, I, and I, a lot of the, you know, on LinkedIn and, and a lot of leadership, it's all very positive. And mm-hmm. I, I, it might uh, sound strange, but I still say, look, anybody that just says, oh, I love feedback. I love getting feedback is I don't, sorry, I don't believe, I don't believe you. Yes. <laughs> mentally, you know, in my brain, logically, I know feedback is good. That's why yeah. I control my emotions when I, when I get it and probably on an EQ aspect, hmm. you just need to, you need to work through it. But as a perfectionist, as a high performer, I don't like somebody telling me I could be doing it uh, better. So when I first, right. I, I'm still always a bit on the defensive when somebody, when somebody tells me, you know, you could do it like this, you could do it like that. Yeah. Logically, if I take my emotions out of it, I know this is great and I need to take it and I need to uh, do something with it. And I've gotten better uh, over the years. And now, you know, somebody gives me feedback, maybe two, three minutes later, I'm, I'm already okay. Yeah. And we need to do it and we need to implement this and we need to, I need to implement this and that and that. So, and even on the videos, so my girlfriend actually films all the videos that I do. So she's behind the camera. Okay. And sometimes I film a whole, one of those short uh, videos for LinkedIn and she stops the record and says, you know, you could, this part was a bit, and like, I get really angry and frustrated, <laughs> like right then and there in that second. But like two seconds, two, three seconds later, I tell her, okay, delete it. We'll film it again. And I'll, because it's so it's so valuable and while i'm filming that's the only feedback i can get so mm. if, if she's pointing something out that wasn't so clear or she felt i could say better i would my my logical if i take my emotions away my thinking says oh if i don't include that i'm also i'm also missing out on a huge opportunity so mm. the perfectionist comes back in we we, we redo it so that's a bit. Um, that's yeah, good. Concrete. I appreciate you sharing that. I'm very much the same way that I know. It lo- I like how you put it logically. I know this is what I need to get better. Mm. Um, but man, it's hard because I'm yeah. my my harshest critic, as many of us are. But I'll tell you, true test of a relationship. Tell you what, yeah. you and your girlfriend filming the video. <laughs> she's your yeah, editor yeah, and yeah. Produ- producer there. That's that's a good step. So. Let's let's shift gears a little bit too, because you mentioned you know we talked a little bit about working through um, some of those challenges or or just you know trying to work through when you're not clear. You know, I, w- I want to dig a little bit into what how you work through that stuff. And and I think one common thing, if I remember from our conversation, we were talking a lot about just this create. You know, I know everybody's talking about with COVID and and all, but the burnout thing is a real deal, right? And we're yep. at the time we're filming this. World's going back into kind of round two, and it's gnarly, and it's hard, and it sucks. You guys probably have it a bit harder. I mean, but in states, we kind of are falling right behind. So, um, so why don't we start first and tell me how how is it affecting you or your teams or or your colleagues? Is is kind of what's the state of high performance happiness right now in the midst of COVID and working yeah. from home and kind of being you know locked down a bit. 
So I think uh, I must say since the lockdown, so we started in Singapore um, basically sort of around March. Officially, it was for, right at the beginning of yeah. April, but March mm-hmm. things were already quite uh, strict and getting worse. So basically, since then we've we've always been we've been on lockdown, full lockdown for about three months, where we basically couldn't see anybody, and then uh, things sort of been restricted but quite stable, and. You know, at the beginning, I think we all did quite well. We all did qu- quite well um, because a lot of people, okay, maybe work from home more. This is exciting and so on. Definitely was mm-hmm. the case for me. But now we're sort of after six months, we're really starting to see the toll it's taken on all of us. So myself, my team, um, individuals in my team. So if I, if I look at my team, um, because in Singapore, we've also got a large workforce that's made up of foreigners. Um, you know, the, being disconnected from uh, your family, not being able to go back to uh, to see them, knowing that even if you wanted to, it's a huge, uh, huge struggle. And they're at risk, for example, in their country, they might catch uh, COVID, we might catch COVID um, here. It's it's really getting to a lot of, uh, a lot of people and we see people uh, struggling with it and families put pressure on each, on each other. You know, you should be coming home, but then you're working right. here and it's your, it, you know, you're make, you're earning a living here, but you should come home. So there's a lot of, a lot of pressure, a lot of um, tension on, on the teams. Plus at the same time, they've probably not been able to manage their, let's say happiness, their well being as, as, as well as in normal days, because, they were locked up in their apartment for basically three, four months at, at, at one point. Now there's so many restrictions about how to work. Um, it can get really tough. So all that piling up, um, we've definitely seen um, the impacts on our, on our on our team. For myself, I also um, I also I've also struggled probably three, four months back. I really struggled quite a bit. Um, at first, I was super excited about working at home yeah. um, and having that flexibility. But then I realized I've got absolutely no boundaries anymore. Everything is completely uh, blurred. Um, so I ended up basically working the entire time, basically you know, from 8 to 9 p.m. And there was, there was, even though I was taking breaks and doing other stuff, but it was always connect, or work was always somehow there. Um, and that really started uh, getting to me. And another thing that really got uh, to me is I started working at home and I wasn't set up to work from home. So I was just at my dining room table on the laptop. And I started getting you know, neck and neck pain and headaches sure, and sure. all kinds of um, issues, which then you know, affect, impact your morale because you feel like, oh, I'm not feeling good. I've got a headache, can't mm-hmm. concentrate, brings down your productivity. And then you tend to have to work more because you're not getting as much, you're not hundred percent focused. So you're not getting as much done. And how I really got out of, how I really got out of sort of that circle was um, trying to set boundaries, even though there were no physical boundaries. But when I was working, I would say, okay, I'd leave the office maybe five thirty-six, and I'll come home for dinner. And then we would have dinner and switch off. And maybe I would do uh, something short after dinner before going to bed for half an hour. Whereas now, you know, I was getting team invites in my calendar, 6, 6, 30, 7 o'clock. Mm. People just, oh, everybody's at home, so we can just do it via Teams. Um, so I, I put a stop to that sort of, okay, I need to have a real lunch break. So I make sure that I've got sort of 45 minutes um, minimum lunch break. 
and then dinner is sort of 6.30 to 7.30 and just I stop and we, we disconnect and then go to bed, um, go to bed on time and avoid doing too much work on the weekend. But during the lockdown, it was just sort of just across the board. Yeah. So setting those boundaries, even though they're not mm. physical anymore, setting those kind of boundaries, time boundaries really helped me get a, a bit back on, on track. Otherwise it's just, um, it really, yeah, it really got to me. I was, it, I was struggling. Yeah. I, I can appreciate it. And I'm, I, I'm so glad you share that because I'm sure so many people can relate to that. And it's interesting when you say, oh, there, my struggle was I had no boundaries. And for a lot of people think, oh, that means he's like goofing off all day. Yet for high performers, we go the other way. We're wired yeah. to like yeah. just full throttle the thing, right? And I had a similar but different experience. So I, same thing. I felt a little guilty in the early stages because I was energized. And I feel, and I, and listen, people are hurting and I mm. empathize and I'm, and I know there's a struggle right now and it's real. But for me personally, I felt like I had prepared for this moment, you know, mentally yeah. and physically find it like I just, I'd been through a lot of stuff. And so when it first happened, I was like, I'm not traveling. I'm with my family. Like there's so many upsides for me personally. And I was very yeah. fortunate to be in a business that was growing through all this. And so I, uh, I was just infused with energy. And that's when I started the mm. blog and the podcast and works going, we're setting record, like all this craziness. And about six to eight weeks ago, it hit me. I yep. hit my wall and it, and it snuck up on me almost out of nowhere. And I thought all of a sudden I was in a shitty mood. I was mm. frustrated. I was not feeling good. I'm like, what happened? And it's the same. I just burnt out. Right. And yep. so I, w- yep. I was just sharing with you beforehand. I took first three days off in a row uh, right before the holiday here and, uh, hadn't done that all year. I looked, I was like, Oh yeah. my gosh, no wonder. So I, I can appreciate that. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about the the self-care, but I love the boundaries. I, I do want to step back though. When you do get stuck as a high performer, right? When you're training for, you know, COVID aside, mm. do you, are there certain things that trigger stress or burnout or where you hit your wall? Like, is there something, you, a habit you have? Like my wife notices I have cycles I go through. She's like, she's figured mm. this out with me after yep. almost 20 years. Do you have something that triggers that for you? And then how do you work through that? So boundaries was how you work through this really smart. Do you have any other tools or strategies you've used to kind of work through that when you're working at a really high level? It's, it's hard. It's hard to, hard to do. Um, I'm trying to think, but I, I mean, at the end it's boundaries. It's, uh, it's sleep and it's sleep. also taking it's also so sleep i mean fundamentally for me is is probably the one thing okay maybe we're going into a bit of self-care but Let's do the it. one thing that <laughs> that really you know that really always i come back to um for me what i would notice when i was training a lot um this prior to covid you know training a mm-hmm. lot for triathlon and um and working you know trying to perform at work and and especially when you train a lot endurance it can impact your immune system a bit and so i would i would get sick if i wasn't taking care of of myself and then that 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 sends you down this spiral because let's say you're sick for a week even if you maybe sort of work a bit and not work but 
you're not get and you like you say the high performer in yourself is going ah oh, I'm not getting ah, I've lost fifty percent <laughs> of my week even though you've probably done quite a lot anyway but right. you feel like you've missed out on a on a huge amount um, and it's really always coming back to that sleep I always go back and say look am I getting sort of seven to eight hours of sleep have I um, you know have I compromised on this and a lot of the time when I check I see that I've been not strict enough with my sleep. Um, have been compromising on my uh, sleep. The other thing is also alcohol. Um, a lot of the time when I see that I've drunk more or had some weekends where I've drunk a bit too much, um, that builds up. And so I cut out, I cut the, I try and cut out the alcohol or reduce it significantly and really make sure I get that sleep maybe for you know a couple of weeks. Okay. And then generally that brings me, um, that brings me back on track. And even just just now, I took November. I stopped. Uh, I I didn't drink at all because I I noticed it was just it, it was all getting again a bit too much. I was I was trying to do a lot of things, and then the the, the alcohol just tired me out. The next day, I was just mm. not feeling that hundred percent, so I just cut it out um, mm. up until my birthday. Yeah. Easier for until your good. I was just gonna make yeah. sure you just <laughs> celebrated a birthday, but no, nah, yeah. it's good. I can feel I'm too. Yeah, I can't do the the big nights anymore, but. What uh, what's the right amount of sleep for you right now? Like when you say being uh, disciplined with your sleep, what is that for you? For me, it's seven seven to eight hours. Okay. Um, so I know if I I know for myself from experience, if I stick with the seven hours plus, um, and I know I can consistently do it at least basically throughout the whole year. If I go to that six hour mark, um, if I have six hours plus or close to the six hours it's sort of a week and I will already start um, noticing the, yes. the impact. Yeah. Um, so it's really about that six to, uh, sorry, seven to eight hours. Um, mm. And I've also linked that with my triathlon training. So I would always make sure I train every day, but sometimes because of a business trip or something, I couldn't get um, you know enough sleep. So I might've only slept five and a half or, or six hours. So if I couldn't get at least sort of six and a half, seven hours, I would not go and train and I would prioritize uh, getting sleep because I knew if I got sick um, or, or did something while training and injured myself, the impact would be a lot bigger than just yes. that one day that I lose. Um, so the sleep is always, is basically the most important thing um, for me in, in, all, in all the aspects, whether it's burnout, self-care and making sure I can perform well. That's great. I like, and it's consistent with all the science, but I, what I also like about it, I think is important for everyone listening is I like that range that seven to eight, knowing that it can apply, whether you're traveling, training, like mm -hmm. whatever's going on in your world, it, you really can keep to that. And I think that's important because that's where I, and that, and, and giving yourself the ability to prioritize that my last trainer would and actually adjust, Jed Burns was just on the podcast last. He was talking about that. Like when you prioritize mm -hmm. it, that should be at the top of the list. And that's not normal for me. That's usually the yeah, thing. Yeah. That was my wild card, right? Like, oh, I can, <laughs> I can give up on that. Are there, do you have any routines? Like, do you have a morning routine or do you have, do you have some other things that, that you do? Would you mind sharing a little bit about what, what helps you? Yeah, for me. So I get up early. Um, usually How I get early? up at sort what's, of what's early uh, for five. You? 5.15 is my okay. uh, usual get-up time. Good for you. Um, and that's really – so the routine then comes back to the training. So sports definitely also helps me manage 
um, you know, burn out the stress, especially the stress. Um, if I do a hard workout in the morning, I'll feel far less stressed or far less, uh, let's say, agitated during the workday because I've sort of gotten all that maybe energy and, and stress and frustration out. So I'm, I'm less irritable. And as a leader, that's extremely important in my mind. You need to be, you need to be calm. You can't be uh, agitated and irritated irritated by everything everybody says otherwise mm -hmm. it's not going to work as a leader so that yeah. really helps me manage my uh, stress levels but it also allows me to process a lot of my thoughts so i get up um at around 5 15 i i uh, do a bit of linkedin now and, and drink a coffee um and then about around six i start training and i always train about one hour um in the morning and why I've done it in the morning, I used to train in the evening, but as my roles, as I had more responsibility at work, I realized that in the morning, nobody's going to bother you. Nobody bothers me up until maybe sort of 8 or 8.30. Then calls start coming in, emails start coming in and so on. But in the evenings, you will always have, for example, you'll have dinners and you'll have um, a crisis that's happened and you might be on a phone call 7, 8 o'clock. You, you just... Don't know. So scheduling that early morning routine really made sure that I had basically from five to eight, really, really for myself. It's it's my it's me way. time. Yeah. Um, so I, I then train and I get ready for the afterwards. I get ready uh, for the day, have breakfast, and then um, then start with work. It's really getting that one hour of training in um, every morning that that sets off, kicks off the entire day. And on the right foot. Yeah. That that's good. Yeah, I was going to ask you about because I've been experimenting with going back to evenings because I'm I'm struggling a little bit with trying to carve out that much me time in the morning. I've been doing it mm. for a year, but it seems like it's getting harder and harder. How do you reconcile that? Um, that's that five to eight and just being cool. Like I started eight and I'm good. Like have you have you worked through that? Or is there anything that helps you just be okay knowing that? eight is the start time or what's your anything that's been I mean what what, what I what's what's the question so should I you you concerned I'm guilty that I'm yeah I'm do you, do you struggle with any guilt of not starting earlier and if so like how have you worked through that nope you've just set the boundary. No, so, so yeah so not at all um, because <laughs> um Okay, one between my girlfriend and I were we're okay. Okay, we're lucky. I know I'm saying all of this, and I don't have any kids yet, so sure. I will put that as a dis okay. disclaimer. I know that will be different, <laughs> but I mean, between myself and my girlfriend, we're it works uh, for us. She runs her own business, so she also has her own uh, okay. me time. Maybe not quite as early, but also um, in the morning. For work wise, I don't feel guilty about it at all because. I know that those, let's say, three hours, two and a half, three hours allow me to perform at my absolute best mm. from sort of eight to six. And from eight to six, I am, you know, for myself, my own standard, I'm always at my absolute best. I'm 99% like um, the, whole, the whole time. And I then also, everything else doesn't take priority from eight to six. You know, I don't do any personal stuff. It's just, I'm always there uh, for the team. I'm always just trying to uh, to work at my best. If I don't do that, and I, I have gone through periods where I don't, I'm not able to train because I'm injured or, or something like that, and I'm really limited to my training. So maybe um, you know, I do a bit of stretching, but it doesn't give me that same uh, that same feeling. Um, and I don't have that morning routine that I used to. And I notice the 
difference. I get come to, I start at eight when we used to go to the office, start at eight, they'll come in um, and it would take me one or two hours to sort of get into things and, and sort of get energized. Whereas mm-hmm. now with that workout, eight o'clock, I'm in and I'm straight away at a hundred percent. I'm ready, you know, yeah, <laughs> ready, ready, ready to go. <laughs> so I don't, um, you know, I don't, don't feel guilty about it because I know um, this really helps me be a, be a better leader, perform better, mm. uh, better at work. Um, and at the end of the day, if there's really a crisis, um, you know, yeah. I'm always, I'm, I'm always there if, if um, the team needs me. Yeah. That's, that's a great, I, I, that's such a powerful message to hear even for myself, even I have to keep reminding myself of that. That's, that's wonderful. Is there an area you're working on right now? Like when it comes to taking self-care and, and, um, and, and just taking care of you, the me time, is there anything you're working on more now that, that maybe you haven't? Um, yeah. I mean, I've, because I struggled a bit, like I said, three, four, uh, months, months ago, I, um, was recommended and I was, always, I'm some very sporty, you know, like I said, put in the hours, train and, and yeah. so on. So smash myself on the bike, go for a hard run, go for a crazy swim, you know, do all that. Somebody recommended said, you know, you're struggling now. Why don't you try a bit of mindfulness or meditation? And I was always sort of, um, ah, you yeah. know, meditation. You're just sitting there. You, I mean, how's that? <laughs> how's that? How's that gonna? How's that gonna help? Um, so, but I, I was really struggling. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll try. You know, people people are talking about it. This person that recommend, recommended it also seemed to know what they were talking about. My girlfriend was already doing it said, okay, I'll do it. And this is something now that I've really been working on. Um, I've definitely no way expert, but I've sort of made it a routine to sort of do maybe 10, 15 minutes every day. Um, And on the weekend, a bit longer because I have a bit more time. And I've really noticed, at least in terms of stress, in terms of calmness, mindset, it's really really helped me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is something I'm, let's say, working on, trying to make it a routine and habit because I wouldn't say I'm yet I'm there yet where it's sort of just a habit and it's just part of my routine and and it happens and I know if I can't get it to that point it will suddenly you know fade fade off and when yeah. stress really gets bad I will suddenly not be doing it anymore so I'm, I'm that's sort of on the stress uh, side of things really uh, working, working on that. Yeah. Good, good. You're consistent, man. You're applying your same method we talked about earlier to learning something new. So good for you. Yeah. I, I want as we as we wrap up, and this has been been awesome. Um, one of my favorite things about you, you've talked about, is is helping your teammates and and new leaders, emerging leaders, go home happy. Right, still crush it, but go yeah. home happy. What does going home happy mean to you? Um, I mean, for me, is really coming, you know, coming home, and um, you know, talking about the. If you're talking about the successes you've had, or or what's really gone well, and you're walking home, I've caught myself on certain days walking home from the train station back to my apartment, really, you know, really pumped and super excited about. Mm. Oh, these were the successes, and this person did this, and so on, and you know, great, great. And you come home, and you want to tell okay, my care's girlfriend, but your wife or, or whoever, or your parents, whoever you're living with you or your friends, you want to tell them about it and it's good. Um, and you can basically then wind down from there and, you know, be present with mm. your friends or with your, your uh, partner 
uh, wife, husband, or kids, um, and be present with them, and wind down, and basically then eventually go go to sleep without having any issues. Um, that's sort of for me, you know, that's um, going home happy. The alternative, which I've also, you know, also had, is you're you're walking home and you just got all this anger and frustration um, about things that happened that day, and you try and hold back some of the stuff when you get home because you don't want to burden for example the whole family with all the frustration but you keep it inside yourself and it's just building building up you should share but you also don't want to completely bring other people down and just and 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 talk about it so that's the opposite of of, you know going home happy and that can really get to you can impact the whole family um, and friends and it, it gets to you as well if you're not sharing and it's building up um, over every day um, so that that would be the the opposite and we all have you know some days like that that's just ha- yeah. just happens and and that's the way it is but if you if we can the more days we can get where we're sort of walking home happy and you know you want to tell <laughs> tell your your right. uh, loved ones about about the success and you can really be present after work and wind down. That's really for me what what I aim for. That's great. And that and those stories and that experience comes from all the other things we've talked about here, right? How you've prepared yourself and taken care of yourself and come yeah. in running at hundred miles an hour at eight rather yeah. than yeah. Yeah. ramping up. Um, what last question I have for you is, you know, you you do have a lot of people seek you out for advice, and and you don't. I don't necessarily see you as someone who's like giving out advice. You're sharing things you're learning and tips and but what's the most common thing people are coming to you asking? What's the most common advice you're giving or coaching that you're giving? This might be to teammates or could be to colleagues or people you, you train with, but what's, what's the most common thing around high performance happiness or these, this general genre of topics that you, you hear most people struggling with or looking for input? Um, so many, uh, so many, uh, so many topics. I mean, one definitely on the high performance thing is they, um, I've got a lot of people asking me how how they can progress their career, how they can, mm. you know, um, let's say, get ahead and and, and be six, be successful in their career because I think it comes a bit. They've seen what I've done, so they 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 come to me um, for for that advice. And for, again, for that one is you know, one I would say my advice again back to um, the process is know what your what your goal is. At least you have to have a, a goal. So. We try and figure we try and figure uh, that out together. Then, um, then the other thing I've generally always given advice to is, especially when it comes to what's my next role, what should I, wh- what should my next move be? There's this opportunity and there's all these opportunities I could uh, try. And it's about choose something that scares you. You know, choose mm-hmm. something that 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 scares you. I took this role because it, it there was an aspect of it that scared me. And I wanted to take on that challenge and overcome it. So choose something that scares you because that will, if you can get over it and you have the support and you get and you succeed, it will really bump you up to that next level. And that's the the, the performance um, aspect of it. So it's a lot about, okay, how to, let's say, have a career plan. How do you get those steps? How do you progress as quickly as, as possible? Um, and the other aspect is, also, some people have come and say, "Look, I just there's so how do I deal with all all everything that's coming? You know, we could work twenty four seven, especially we're in, in in construction. 
So, you know, construction sites in Asia are working tw basically 24-7 the weekend. So you feel like you can always, always work. So it's giving the, also giving them and working through that reassurance. It's okay if you're not always working. It's actually good. You take a break. And okay, if emails come in and you only reply to them the next day, you know, that's it. But you need to set yourself your own boundaries. Otherwise, people will just push it all um, push it all on you. So I'd say those are sort of the two um, mm. two most common ones. The one about performance, and then the other one that's maybe linking the performance um, uh, with with happiness and feeling feeling good um, going home at the end of the day. Wow, I think we'll feel good after this episode. This was great, man. I, this was a lot of fun. I, I enjoy. I took a ton of notes. This was really helpful, spot on with what I was hoping to get out of the conversation. So all those folks are lucky to have you. Keep the content coming. Uh, appreciate you being here. And uh, for those that want, so we've talked a lot about your LinkedIn videos and all that. Yeah. So where can folks find you if they want to connect with you or, or follow you? Where, where's the best place to check you out at? So LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn is a great place to check me out at. So connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, of course, my name, you'll probably find a lot of Sean uh, Smiths, <laughs> but it, I'm, yeah, connection, I'm connected with you. So if there's a common connection and otherwise, yeah, the tagline uh, creating workplaces where people go home happy, that's the right uh, Sean Smith that also works uh, for Schindler Lift Singapore. Um, and alternatively, so I do shorter videos, these like one minute, one and a half videos on LinkedIn. But I also do longer ones that are sort of five to six uh, minutes that I send out to my email list. Um, so you can also sign up at uh, moderndayleadership.com um, and you get them every every two weeks. I send uh, one out exclusively to my email list. And there I just go share some more examples, my own experiences going to, into those topics around leadership into a bit more detail. So those are the two uh, best places to connect with me. Excellent. Well, thank you, man. We'll make sure and include, but I'll link, uh, include your, if it's okay with you, your LinkedIn profile link in the show yep. notes, along with a link to your, your uh, sign up list in the website there. So Sean, this is awesome. I'm so glad we got to connect. Thank you for making time for us. Super fun, man. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. For, thank you for having me on the podcast. It was uh, fantastic and so easy to talk. And I'm glad we, we got to nearly replicate parts of our previous conversation i know that's Thanks. what i wanted yeah, it, was, it was great and i feel like we could keep going on for hours but i know you got you got to get to work right so uh so thank you for making time for those of you that are listening you can check out the detailed show notes on the website go to helpandhustle.com check out the podcast page it should be up there in a few days and uh thank you for listening we'll see you all next time